You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're dealing with processes which start on Friday afternoon. And the question is, can we set something off on Friday afternoon, like dyeing or soaking or drying, and let it carry on through the whole of Shabbat? In other words, clearly we are going to stop working on Shabbat. But do the things that in our in our domain have to stop working too? Do our utensils have to stop working too? That's the question which we dealt with yesterday. And we found that Beit Shammai seems to be strict in the sense that Beit Shammai require our stuff to stop working. Whereas Beit Hillel will say, no, it's okay for the humans to stop working. But stuff that belongs to us like... Um, ink or dyeing or food which is soaking or stuff which is drying or traps which are set for wild animals all these processes or a time clock on a on a electrical system all these processes which we set going before shabbat can carry on running through shabbat and of course the halacha follows beit hillel and we are going to pick up today in mishnah 7 where we're talking about processes not so much that involve things, but processes that involve people, but people who are not Jewish. So, Beit Shammai says, You don't, we don't sell something to a non-Jew. We don't help him to load up a donkey. We don't load him up with an object unless he can get to a near place. And that effectively means get to his destination. Unless he can get unless he can reach a near place. But the, the meaning is to reach a near place before Shabbat. And then, as we've seen through the, all of these preceding Mishnayot, Uveit Hilel Matirin, and Beit Hilel permits it. You can give something over to a non-Jew, and as long as he, it's the, as long as it's in his possession, it's up to the non-Jew to decide what he does with it. We're not responsible after we hand it over, just as we're not responsible after we set off the electrical time clock or the traps for the animals or we set the dyes to soak or whatever. And the Mishnah then continues to, it, it, it sort of gets closer and closer, if you like, to our causation. And it talks about work which we're giving to a non-Jew to do for ourselves. So what if we're not just loading him up, but we're employing him to do work, to do our work? And the Mishnah is going to say, going to continue, Beit Shammai Omrim, a not nim orot l'abdam. We're not going to give hides to uh, a tanner. This refers to a non-Jewish tanner. And not, we're not going to give clothing to a non-Jewish launderer. And here we explicitly say it's a koves nochri, a non-Jewish laundry person. Unless they can deal with it while it is still day. So we can't employ someone to carry out melacha, to carry out work on Shabbat. 
And then, and again, we, you know, we've seen this pattern right through. We began six Mishnayot ago with a dispute between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai are standing with swords and spears outside the Beit Midrash to stop Beit Hillel coming in and voting. And the halachas, these, there are halachot decided that day according to Beit Shammai. But the Mishnah then brings this string of halachot which are all decided according to Beit Hillel, almost as to reinforce the rules as to how the halacha is decided. And so in all these cases, in all these cases, Beit Hillel matirin im hashamesh. Beit Hillel permits as long as the sun is shining. In other words, as if to say, look, you can drive your car over to a non-Jewish garage and you can ask him to fix it without specifying when he's going to fix it. And as long as you, the sun is still shining on Friday afternoon, it's fine. You can drop your car off to the garage. You don't have to worry about what he's going to do. But, and there's always a but, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel comes in with an example. Now, who is this character? Well, actually, there were two Shimon's and there were two Gamaliel's. There was a Gamaliel in the time in the time of Herod. And Rabban Shimon ben Gamaliel was his son. But Rabban Shimon ben Gamaliel's son was also was then called Gamaliel. The generation goes Gamaliel, Shimon, Gamaliel, Shimon. They're calling they're calling their children after their fathers. So Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel might have been the, this might refer to the elder who's living in the time of the temple, or it might refer to the son of Rabban Gamliel of Yavne. So the temple is destroyed. The son of this Rabban Shimon goes to Yavne. That's Rabban Gamliel of Yavne, who is thrown out after his, his dispute with Rabbi Hoshua. And his son is Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, who's after Yavne, who's a basically second century sage. He's the father of Rabbi Yudan Nasi. So we don't know which one of these we're talking about. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel said, Nahagim hayu beit Abba, my father's house was accustomed. And at this point, I wonder whether we're not talking about Rabban Gamliel of Yavne, because Rabban Gamliel of Yavne was very, he was sort of, he was very strict in particular. Nohagim hayu beit Abba, it was the custom in the house of my father. Shehayu not nim klelavan lechoves no chrish lo shayamim kodem lashabat. That we would give white clothing to a non-Jewish launderer three days before Shabbat. So that's three whole days. In other words, clearly following Beit Shammai. Right? Rabban Gamliel here is clearly following Beit Shammai, even though we know the Halakha follows Bid Halal. So he's Machmirim. And the Gemara in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the Talmud in Yerushalmi comes back and comments that if it was coloured clothing, which was easier to wash, then they might hand that out on Friday afternoon, on Friday. But white clothing, white clothing is difficult to wash, particularly in those times, right? Because they don't have, they don't have the technology that we have nowadays. So for white clothing, the house of Rabban Gamliel would hand it out three days before Shabbat. Maybe this is actually uh, the, the Rabban Gamliel the Elder, because I think I think by the time we get to the second uh, Rabban Gamliel, I, I think the consensus has, has probably shifted to to, to Beit Hillel. 
So Ravan Shimon Ben Gamliel is going to object. But we are going to end this little sequence of Mishnayot, this sequence of tension between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai with agreement, because they both agree. They both agree. Veshavin elu ve'elu. They they both agree. She tuanim korot Beit Habad, that we can lay down the beams of the olive press. Ve and the circles of the wine press these are the sort of these this is must be a it's a big circular sort of it's not a beam it's a it's a massive heavy disc it's not a millstone it's a massive heavy wooden disc which you'd shove into your wine press your wine press is round and you've got this massive wooden disc on you so you put the grapes into the wine press You've got this massive wooden lid and you throw, you put that on top and then you crush that down. And that's going to crush the, ju the juice out. So they both agree that the beams on top of the olive press or this disc on top of the wine press can be laid down on Friday. And again, from the commentators in the Yerushalmi, it seems as if what they're saying is, look, most of the juice in terms of the grapes and in terms of the olives, comes out in the first couple of hours, first probably minutes, actually. So we let them drip. We might let them drip for 24 hours or 48 hours, but the vast majority of the juice comes out almost immediately. And that's why we're okay to do, well, they both agree, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel both agree that we can do this on Erev Shabbat because most of the work is carried out on area of Shabbat before Shabbat comes in. So we end, if you like, with a moment of harmony and we'll explore different issues as to what processes we can begin or not begin on area of Shabbat in the realm of cooking when we look at the last couple of Mishnayot in this chapter tomorrow. And those Mishnayot, by the way, will deal with processes which are half complete or nearly complete on Erev Shabbat. So this idea of how complete the process is, and for that matter, the agreement of Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai will, be, will, will, um, will uh, play itself out at the end of the chapter. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>